You are listening to the Today I Found Out podcast, where each weekday we provide an interesting story that is going to feed your brain. You can read more great articles like this by going to todayifoundout.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 333 of the Daily Knowledge Podcast from todayifoundout.com. In the episode today, you're going to learn about how hot dogs came to be. And then there's going to be a word from one of our great sponsors, Pro Flowers, which will be followed up by a bonus why article about why milk is white. So let's just get started with today's show. Yes, today, finally, we are going to answer perhaps the most oft-asked question we get in our inbox, a question that has been perplexing mothers, stoned teenagers, and lazy comedians for decades. Why do hot dog buns come in packs of eight when hot dogs are usually sold in packs of ten? For our American listeners who've been dealing with this infuriatingly mundane problem for years, we'd like to point out that you're not alone in your struggle. For example, in the UK, while hot dogs are usually sold in cans of eight, yes, cans, hot dog buns are sold in packs of six. While the numbers may be a little different across the pond, the result is the same. Extra hot dogs lying around with no buns to put them in. So why is it that these two industries, whose interests and customer base are so closely intertwined, have failed to pick up on this seemingly obvious gap in their marketing strategy? Is it really just that they want you to have extra of one or the other so you'll continue to buy them both in a vicious but profitable cycle? In truth, you can find hot dog packages containing eight hot dogs to match with the buns, but by far the most popular is the 10-pack in the States. How did this come to be? The most common explanation for this is that, as with many meat products, hot dogs are sold by the pound, and because the average hot dog weighs around 1.6 ounces, this invariably means that your average packet of hot dogs is going to contain 10. According to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council, this was a decision reached by manufacturers in the 1940s, prior to which hot dogs were sold by butchers in varying quantities and sizes. However, as mentioned, hot dogs are sometimes sold in packs of eight, often labeled as jumbo hot dogs, with the weight usually still coming out at a pound. But the 10 to a pound rule is by far still the most popular, whether because that's what people are used to or because the bread to meat ratio is simply to the liking of the masses when the dogs are 1.6 ounces. So, barring the hot dog manufacturers deciding to throw out the traditional pound-per-pack metric on mass, this isn't likely to change anytime soon among most manufacturers. As with all things, though, there are exceptions. So what about the bread? Now, bread isn't really sold in any particular weight in the US, though historically in the UK it was. After the Bread Act of 1822, all loaves had to weigh a pound or a multiple thereof. This law, which stems from another law passed in 1266 called the Assize of Bread and Ale, was in effect right up until World War II, during which it was decided that all loaves had to weigh 14 instead of 16 ounces, or a multiple thereof, to save flour. This soon became the law of the land, starting in 1963. Thankfully for us Brits wanting more diverse loaves, this law has since been abolished. Hot dog buns didn't really fall under that law, but we thought it was interesting, and since interesting stuff is kind of what we do here, we couldn't help but mention it. So what's stopping bakers from simply making bread buns in packs of 10 if they're not packaged by weight like the meat is? Well, really nothing at all except tradition. This isn't so easy to change without incurring some expense, as changing machinery to accommodate the new package sizes and layouts would be no trivial thing. Besides the machinery, other things like pans, newly sized packaging, shipping containers, etc. would all need to be changed. For example, one of the most common types of pan used to make hot dog buns on an industrial scale bakes them in clusters of four. 
Again, while pans that bake buns in numbers divisible by 10 do exist, they're far less common, as is the automatic machinery to package them in a 5 by 2 arrangement. To incur the extra cost of modifying perfectly good working equipment, a company would need a good reason. And as Oscar Mayer noted only a few decades ago, only about 1 in 5,000 or so correspondences they receive from customers is a complaint about hot dog buns not commonly coming in packs of 10 like the traditional packs of hot dogs. So, lack of customer demand, particularly today when jumbo dogs in their packs of eight are readily available to those who like to up their meat-to-bread ratio, has resulted in little interest in most large baking companies investing the money to start mass-producing buns in packs of ten. Again, there are always exceptions. It has also been speculated that, as people may or may not bother to count how many buns are in a package while they shop, and the package of 10 will inherently cost more, if another brand's putting them out in packages of 8, a casual quick-grab customer might always go for the other brand instead of the one sold in packages of 10. While more leisurely shoppers might not make such a mistake, never underestimate the coupon-clipping shopper in a hurry on their way home from work. And of course, despite it all costing the same in the end, many a driver will choose not to fill their car full of fuel in favor of saving money now. That same individual looking to buy buns may make the same type of decision when choosing the 8 versus 10 pack, again favoring the manufacturer who goes with the traditional 8. For a little more hard data in this web of speculative theories, as noted by Eitan Gershner of Georgetown University and James D. Hess of North Carolina State University, nearly 40% of people they surveyed in their study on this very topic indicated that they do not regularly compare package sizes versus unit price when determining which of some item to buy, perhaps lending some credence to this particular theory as to why there would be little benefit in a particular hot dog bun maker making the switch or offering both. In any event, at this point, you might be wondering why the bakers sold them in packs of 8 and 12 in the first place. For this, we can't nearly be as definitive as with the origin of the 10-pack of hot dogs and must continue to delve into the tenuous realm of speculation, which we normally do not like to do. Numerous theories have been thrown about, mostly bad, but principally it's generally thought it started out that way as bakers classically seem to like to work in multiples of four, or really two if you prefer, rather than multiples of five or other odd numbers. As to why, it has been speculated that multiples of four are easier to work with. For instance, with multiples of four you get more uniform packaging than with multiples of five, which potentially may have an odd man out depending on the configuration. Multiples of two or four, on the other hand, are always going to be even, leading bakers to tend to be biased in favor of it when making products that are sold with multiple items in a single package. And now for today's bonus facts. You'll often hear that the name Hot Dog comes from a cartoon drawn by T.A. Dorgan during a New York Giants baseball game at the Polo Grounds around 1902 to 1906. Date varies depending on who's telling the story. At this game, he supposedly observed a vendor, Harry Stevens, selling hot Dauschend sausages. Dorgan, being inspired by this, drew a Dauschend in a hot dog bun, but didn't know how to spell Dauschend, so just wrote Hot Dog. As with so many other cute origin anecdotes, this is unequivocally false. For more info on this, check out episode number 90 of this podcast, How Hot Dogs Got Their Name. Bonus fact 2. The name Frankfurter comes from the fact that a popular hot dog-like sausage was originally made in Frankfurt, Germany. Frankfurter meaning of Frankfurt. The name was brought over to America sometime in the late 19th century from German immigrants who were familiar with the Frankfurter sausage. Bonus fact 3. 
It isn't known exactly when somebody first got the bright idea to put sausages in a bun, however, the first historical reference of sausages themselves goes all the way back to one of the first books ever written, Homer's Odyssey. As when a man besides a great fire has filled a sausage with fat and blood, and turns it this way and that, and is very eager to get it quickly roasted. Bonus Fact 4 while it is unlikely that the practice of putting sausages in some sort of bread only happened recently, bread being a staple food throughout history and sausages being relatively popular in many cultures, the first recorded instance of sausages being sold encased in bread came from around the 1860s, where various German immigrants sold frankfurters with milk rolls and sauerkraut on the streets of New York City. There are numerous stories of people having claimed to be the first to put the sausage in the bun, but nobody knows for sure which, if any, are true. A common theme among all of these stories is the idea behind the bun was to be able to serve the hot dogs to customers on the streets without customers burning their hands on the hot sausages. So, this episode of the podcast once again brought to you by Pro Flowers. Not really surprising because next week is Valentine's Day, 14th of February. It's coming up, and the way I see it, you've got a couple of options. You can wait until the 12th, the 13th of February, and maybe buy some roses then, and you're going to end up paying a lot of money for very little. But Pro Flowers guaranteed delivery on Valentine's Day. $19.99 gets you 100 blooms of love. And what's cool is you can upgrade that, add gourmet chocolates and a stuffed bear for just $9.99 more. So that's a really amazing deal for less than $30. It's quick, it's easy, delivery is guaranteed. And at that price, you just, you really can't beat this. There's no reason to buy your roses anywhere else. It's the perfect Valentine's Day gift. You can get those, uh, the, the flowers for just $19.99. You need to go to proflowers.com, click on the blue microphone in the top right of the screen, and enter the promo code DK, and you'll have access to that fantastic deal. Again, that's proflowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the top right and enter the promo code DK. Thanks to Proflowers for sponsoring the show. Why is milk white? Milk is made up of about 87% water and 13% solids, such as fat and various proteins. Chief among these proteins is something called casein, four types of which make up about 80% of the proteins in milk. The casein protein molecules are typically suspended somewhat uniformly throughout the milk and are spherical, about a micrometer across. The reason they are somewhat uniformly suspended in the liquid is because kappa casein molecules have a negative electrical charge, so they repel each other. White objects in nature appear such when there is some level of light diffusion going on and no part of the visible spectrum gets reflected off the object any more than any other part of that area of the light spectrum. So, as you might expect, these casein proteins and some of the fats in the milk scatter and deflect light somewhat uniformly throughout the visual spectrum. This results in milk being fairly opaque and appearing white to our eyes. Without the fats, though, casein itself tends to scatter the blue wavelength slightly more than red, so with something such as fat-free skimmed milk, you'll sometimes see a very slight bluish tinge to the otherwise white milk because of this. Milk also contains riboflavin, which can give the milk a slightly greenish tinge if the concentration is large enough, such as is sometimes seen in certain types of skimmed milk or whey products. The riboflavin is in the whey portion of the milk. Another hue you'll occasionally see in milk is a slight yellow color. When you see this, it is due to small amounts of carotene that are present in the milk. You will see this particularly in milk from Guernsey and Jersey cattle. 
You just listened to an episode of the Today I Found Out Daily podcast. Tune in every weekday for another great episode, or find more articles at todayifoundout.com.